Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith America podcast. This is volume 100-something. I know I might sound a little bit different today. That's because my internet decided it does not want to work. I don't know what's going on, but it has crapped out. I'm impressed we made it this long, Marty. I think this is the first time that your internet has been an issue. I know early on, uh, I received crap about my internet when we first started this in March or whatever it was, but you have held up till now. So I'm proud of you because you and technology, uh, as we well know, don't get along real well. Lainey's uh, the IT person in the family. So I'm proud of you. Not only that, I mean, during the quarantine, I mean, my kids are all on school at the same time. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea, but it's been a comedy of errors. As Can soon we- as we start the interview today, I mean, Travis and I were fine. We had a 15-minute conversation on Zoom before our guest this week, Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney, a decorated a fighter pilot, uh, did three tours in Iraq founded Folds of Honor. We'll get into that and everything that that has meant and and the lives impacted by his philanthropy and generosity. And as a result of that, the heroes uh, with whom he has been able to partner and the impact that the game of golf has had on his life. He played at the University of Kansas, just received an award from the NCAA for his time at Kansas and even above that, his time after Kansas and, and the impact that he's had as a leader and as a, an inspirational force in the world. Um, and we'll get into all that. But Travis and I had an unbelievable conversation, just catching up, talking about life, talking about ball, everything that's going on at the University of Tennessee, the dumpster fire that's going on in Knoxville. They fired Jeremy Pruitt and half of, I mean, nine other coaches, I think, Travis. Right? I think that's the number. And all of that. So we're just having the best conversation, and we're going to get into this. My internet just completely takes a dump. I mean, couldn't you, so just, I, tell the, couldn't you just tell the kids, hey, dad's going to record a podcast, so school's not important today. Please jump off. It, 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 isn't that a simple request? I mean, normally that's what I do. Uh, but I don't know what happened, man. But anyway, fortunately, we were able to at least throw in the AirPods and have a conversation with Colonel Rooney about – well, I mean, you talk about amazing lives. I mean, you want to feel pretty damn insignificant. Talk to this guy. Um, and not only has my internet failed me, uh, my dog's barking her head off. My boy, the FedEx guy, my FedEx guy's bringing me stuff, which, of course, happens every day. UPS shows up with Amazon stuff every day. Whatever. Doorbell's ringing off the hook. Dog's barking. I'm like, I'm like Coach Bennett down there at Coastal Carolina with the uh, the viral video about the cats and the dog be a dog. I'm like you're that just, guy this morning. You're just a full-blown yard sale this morning. Total, complete and total yard sale. But I will tell you, all of that said, um, what an unbelievable conversation about an amazing life lived. Uh, someone that is an American hero and who has used his path to light the path of others. And I took notes throughout our entire conversation and that I will take with me. I love this line. Every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future. Don't limit what is possible with your own lens. That's just a tip of the iceberg of what 
Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney, the founder of Folds of Honor, had to say to me in our conversation. So let's get to that right now. You guys are going to be inspired. Wow. Here is Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney on Marty Smith's America. First, uh, I just want to say thank you so much for your service to our country. Uh, I'm really grateful for you and all your brothers and sisters and, and everything that you guys sacrificed to offer us the greatest country in the world. And I just want to say that right off the top. But um, there's so much to unpack within your story. So I just want to start with fundamentals. In my life, Lieutenant Colonel, passion is the oxygen in my lungs. It's what separates mediocrity from excellence. And I wonder, uh, you know, what, what you're most passionate about. Ooh. Um, you know, I'm, I'm most passionate about, about never quitting on the stuff that really matters. And that's my marriage, my family, and waking up every day and trying to get out of my own way and serve God. And I think you keep that three-legged stool in order. Um, life's going to be okay if it, you know, ends when I'm 95 or if it ends tomorrow. And I'm passionate about every day trying my best to um, combine what I do with who I am. And at 48, I think I figured out pretty much who I am. And it's certainly evolving every day, trying to get better every day, fight against, you know, yourself and, you know, the temptations of, of life that, that abound. And, um, but uh, I, I know the, that that is the ultimate goal is to, you know, be a vessel of impact and um, support others and support the stuff that matters most in life. So, so you, you feel like you know who you are at 48, who are you? Yeah. So I said, you know, I'm a God fearing, you know, um, hopefully a pretty decent husband, uh, above average dad and um, somebody that knows that they love making a difference. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm so blessed, right. Cause you know, you stumble upon things in life, but, and we'll talk about folds of honor, but you know, 13 years ago, I was given this incredible gift and I, you know, unlocked this beautiful irony that when you help someone, you're actually the one being helped. And I don't think you can, you know, wake up and decide whether you're going to be happy every day, but you can certainly wake up and engineer a life that's based around fulfillment and fulfillment. I think happiness is one of many byproducts that comes out of it. Um, but yeah, I think that that's a, a pretty good summary. It's taken me a long time to get there too. I'm 44 and I realized uh, just in the past couple of years, exactly what you're saying that, you know, Luke 12, 48 says to whom much is given, much is expected. And I've been given much. I've been afforded much. My blessings are rich. And I wanted to really start helping other people. And when you do that, you use the right word. It's fulfillment and fulfillment then becomes joy and it's joy within you that becomes a light in the world that's undeniable. And it's a fascinating exercise psychologically, how that impacts you and how that fulfills you. And uh, I just appreciate that that's, that that's what your, that's what your story is. 
Uh, and there's so many tentacles to that story. And we'll get to, like you said, folds of honor and everything that you've done, uh, not only uh, in your career as a pilot, uh, as a fighter pilot, but um, other aspects too. And you've had such a unique journey. Uh, who would you consider to be the most impactful person on that journey? Oh, you know, lots of people, and I call them moments of synchronicity or, or chance with a purpose that end in your life that impact you. I mean, I was, you know, I won the lottery starting out, unbelievable parents, and you know, my dad's my best friend. He's, you know, 81. We beat cancer this year, so he's going strong. And uh, mom's great. So, I mean, no excuses, right? You just hit it on the head. Too much is given, much is required. So that foundation that, you know, so many people don't have in their life, I was, I was really fortunate. I think, you know, the greatest gift my parents gave me was this reckless faith that we talked about growing up. And we translated that as, hey, you, you go out there and you're probably going to crash and burn and we're going to let you crash and burn. But as soon as you need us, we are here. And that kind of security fundamentally in life is, is so important. And not to get off on a tangent, we were talking about, I got five daughters. Um, and my greatest fear is that they don't have that spirit because we overparent them, right? With this, this helicopter parent world that we live in, um, you don't want your kids to fail, but it, it is the, the, the greatest blessing. And you, and you have to let them fall down. You got to let them fail. Uh, but being there to pick them up is, is the, I think, as parents, this super impactful gift that we can give our kids to have them go out there and know that, you know, nothing's off limits. No dreams are too big. Um, and the thing I'm going to be most proud of and the most impressive people I've ever met in my life are I don't ever look at, hey, you've accomplished this, but tell me what you've overcome. And so starting out, mom and dad, I met a fighter pilot, Steve Reno Courtright, still one of my best buddies. He's 79, went on to become a general when I was 12. My, he was my first man crush. I'm like, man, I want to be like this guy. Um, you know, Jack Nicholas has just become a, you know, incredible friend and, and mentor. And I'm just, you know, I, I give this incredible network of, of people that I think in that same spirit, right? When you look at like these level three relationships in our life, these are the people that you can count on when life comes off the tracks. And I guarantee if, you know, you got enough speed, it's going to, and, and you, you talked about it. Passion is the oxygen in your lungs. I'm the same way. I got one throttle setting. It's afterburner or off. I'm going to bend some metal guaranteed, but it's these people that you can guarantee are going to be there when life's not going well. And you can pick up the phone that gives you so much courage and faith to follow that fire in your heart. And I would just tell people listening, if, if you, you only have a handful of these level three really important relationships in your life and invest in them, it is so easy in this you know, world that you can spend 30 minutes with your right thumb on your telephone, you know, flipping through Facebook or that other junk that's out there versus picking up a phone and telling someone, hey, you mean a lot to me, checking on them, all that stuff that is so important in maintaining relationships. It's that's quite frankly lost because of these stupid devices that we spend way too much time on. Well, I completely, I do. I completely agree with you. And, and one of my greater fears as a father of, of young people now is that they won't have the ability to look somebody in the eye and shake their hand and say hello and have a conversation because the entire generation is married to texting. Like they're going to be in a circle texting each other. I, I have this great fear about that although they're all mine aren't, but I see it all the time. 
Yeah, yours um, won't, mine won't, but <clears throat> the, my great fear is they choose the phone over living life. And that's agree. the great battle with our five children right now. If you take it away, they're like, hey, we want to go play golf. We'll, you know, go to the park. We'll do that. But if left to their devices, pun intended, they, yep. they choose it. And that's the scariest thing because there ain't nothing good uh, that comes from these things. I couldn't agree more. I hate social media. And the second I don't need it for my job anymore, I'm quitting all of it. <laughs> um, you know, to Jack Nicholas there, and I know you and he collaborated on American, American Dunes, but how did your relationship with him unfold? How did that happen? Yeah, that's perfect pun. How did it unfold? It was folds of honor and, uh, you know, boyhood hero reached out to him and, and, uh, he had uh, supported Patriot Golf Day, which is our largest national fundraiser on Memorial Day every year. You know, that's how we started Folds. That was my idea um, that everybody could go out and play the most heroic round of golf once a year and make a donation back to Folds of, you know, whatever the number, if it's a dollar or five bucks or 10 bucks. But, you know, annually we raise um, eight to $10 million over that weekend just with great Americans going out and hitting a golf ball around and saying thanks for their freedom. And he had supported that. But uh, the American Dune story, I really think it's the parable of life. And our struggles are inevitable. And what you do every, every day when things don't go your way will define you. And some are going to be big struggles. Some are going to be small struggles. Um, but this one was a pretty big one for me that, you know, led me to Jack Nicholas. And it was a, you know, a 20-year run with our family golf course up in Grand Haven, Michigan. And the significance of this place is it's where we hosted the first ever fundraiser for Folds. So Folds of Honor was born at the Grand Haven Golf Club, but uh, the sun was quickly setting on this as a family business. And uh, the easy decision was, hey, just plowed under and turn it into real estate. The, the hard right um, and the, you know, that haunts me every day um, was, hey, can we save it? And our Hail Mary was me calling Jack Nicholas and having a meeting with him. And I met with him and I shared my, my why and my dream to forever memorialize the birthplace of Folds of Honor and turn it into a pilgrimage for like-minded American golfers, right? It is God, country, golf, and that order with no apologies. Um, and I had no idea what he was going to say. And I met with him for three hours. And at the end of the meeting, he said, I'm in. Uh, I'll waive my $3 million fee uh, as your lead architect to do a Jack Nicholas signature design and you wow. get friends and yeah, I'll get mine. And I would just tell like any big idea in our lives, it's going to be brutally hard, but that's when you know you're on the right path. And it was a three year um, just nut kick <laughs> every week, right? Mm -hmm raising the money and the problems and the permitting and everything. But uh, it sounds crazy, but the harder it is, wherever you are in your life, I think that is the affirmation you're on the right path. And, you know, we're going to open this thing on May 2nd to the world. Um, and it, it's going to change golf forever. There's, there's never been a place built with a singular mission to raise awareness and money for a nonprofit, obviously being folds of honor in, in this case. Um, but just, you know, golf, that is deeply rooted in a cause for its reason of existing and to get to do it 
as I mentioned with my boyhood hero, which is always dangerous, right? Your heroes inevitably will let you down when you meet them because we build them into these massive things, watching them on television and, you know, dreaming of someday somehow shaking this person's hand. And I'll finish this story by saying that Jack and Barbara Nicholas both um, are 10 times the hero that I ever watched growing up through the TV screen. And uh, man, am I, am I blessed uh, more than I deserve to be to get to do this with Jack and the relationship that has come out of that with the Nicholas family selfishly has just been an, an incredible journey. What's your relationship with the game of golf? Um, everything in my life that is worth the most important things in my life are all directly connected to the game of golf. Um, and I'll run through that in 30 seconds. So I grew up playing golf, met my first fighter pilot on the golf course. And that the next day I told my dad, I want to be a golf pro PGA pro and a fighter pilot. I went to the university of Kansas, uh, to play golf. I met my wife there. Most important thing, the CEO of what matters most. We've been going strong 22 years, Jackie, um, turned to the game of golf to start folds of honor. And, uh, you obviously look at this chapter with, with Jack Nicholas and, and American dunes, and I'm sure I'm forgetting uh, a bunch of stuff in there. Uh, but our biggest corporate donors, closest friends, our church, uh, is on the golf course and, uh, you know, love it, passionate about it. You know, PGA member, obviously, you know, Patriot golf day was made possible, uh, by, uh, being a PGA member and the 28,000 men and women that, that drive that fundraiser for us annually on Memorial day. And I just love this game and, you know, COVID in that regard has been a blessing to really reconnect because I'm not traveling much and getting to play golf, but, uh, it is, uh, it is my passion. And as to your quote, it's, it's the oxygen in my lungs. You just received the NCAA silver anniversary award. Uh, congratulations, by the way, that's phenomenal. What's that mean to you? And how did that happen? Well, number one, and not to be mean to the NCAA, but it means nothing to me. I, you know, I don't like awards other than it's an opportunity to have a pulpit to preach from. And this is, I mean, a crazy awesome story of synchronicity. So people that don't know, so the NCAA, they give, they give seven athletes each year across all NCAA divisions they recognize them on the 25th anniversary uh, for a combination of, hey, you were a good athlete, but also you went on to do something um, meaningful in your life. So I was one of those seven, so I didn't fit in. Um, but the other guy that actually got the, the Theodore Roosevelt Award at the NCAA was a guy by the name of John McClendon, who was the first um, Black American basketball coach. And he was also a University of Kansas grad and really invented the way we play basketball today. So he invented the fast break and this up-tempo basketball, fascinating story called the secret game where his uh, little Tennessee A&I team played Duke and obviously just scrubbed them. And it changed basketball uh, and the way we play it forever. But the cool thing about this NCAA award to my point is it was an opportunity to shine a light on our commitment to diversity at folds and the fact that we've got 13,000 minority recipients. So about $65 million worth of education 
um, out to minority families. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer, man, there, there's so much unhealthy stuff going on around race and the tension in our country. And then if we want to find equality, which we desperately need, we're only going to get through through education. And so that was really cool to get to share that um, point in, in kind of the, the halo of John McClendon and what he represented as another University of Kansas grad. What inspired you to create Folds of Honor? So, uh, I mean, this is my, my favorite story and I've, I've told it thousands of times, but it's the parable. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, we've grown and we've got, you know, 29,000 recipients now, about $140 million out the door since I started above my garage 13 years ago. And uh, that's, there's only one explanation, right? And it's a little bit of hard work and a lot of God's grace but I'd gotten back from my second tour of duty in Iraq. And um, as an F-16 pilot, I was on a commercial flight going to my day job as a golf pro up in Michigan at my family's golf course, which we talked about already. And uh, Chicago here to Grand Rapids, crappy night, right? I'd gone from Budweiser to coffee. I'd been there so long, stuck in the airport. <laughs> and uh, one of those nights, right? Feeling sorry for myself. I get on this flight. And I'm walking through first class to, you know, seat 95B, right, um, back by the toilet. Yeah, say right back, back there by the John. Oh, yeah. Um, worst seat on the plane. And I look over and I see this corporal in dress army greens in first class. And I'm like, that's strange. But I, but I love that. You know, back in the day when we were actually on airplanes, people giving their seats to uh, mm-hmm. servicemen and women up in first class. So I don't think much of it. Press on back. And uh, about an hour and a half later, we land in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And it's close to midnight at this point. And as we pull into the gate, the captain comes over the, the, the PA and announces that um, we're carrying the remains of Corporal Brock Buckland on this flight who'd been killed in Iraq. And his identical twin brother, Corporal Brad Buckland, is in first class and has brought him home from Iraq. And um, yeah, the the captain makes another request really emotionally and says, hey, I know it's late, but will everybody please stay in their seats until we have removed Brock's remains from the right cargo hold? And I've certainly seen him, you know, a lot of terrible stuff in combat that that I carry with me um, every day, but I'd never seen that side of war, Marty. And I, I watched that, that family on the darkest night of their lives out on the tarmac, his brothers, his parents, his wife, and his four-year-old son as Brock's American flag draped coffin, um, you know, inch down the cargo ramp. And, uh, you know, that ceremony fins itself up and I stand up only to see that more than half the people have gotten off the plane, you know, despite the captain's request. And that was one of the few moments in my life that I've ever been really disappointed to be an American, that there was no excuse. And these people were going home to sleep under that blanket of freedom that Corporal Brock Buckland gave his life for. And uh, in that moment of despair, um, I felt a hand on my shoulder. And I, the only thing I'll tell you for certain on our on our time here together is it was a hand of God and he picks the least among us. And what's the saying, you know, every saint has a past, every sinner has a future. And that started this, you know, amazing evolution and journey in, um, in my life where I started living for something else besides myself. And uh, so that is, uh, that's how it started. And, you know, we've been, we've been going strong and, 
change in lives with the gift of the education. And I, I, wrote, I wrote down above my garage, you know, where I started this thing. I mean, what, zero, nothing. And uh, I wrote down the very first day I was up in my office and um, our mission statement, which has never wavered, and that's honor the sacrifice, educate the legacy. And uh, that's what we've been doing, giving scholarships to spouses and children who've had somebody killed or disabled in combat. And uh, if anybody wants to know more, obviously our website uh, is a great place to learn more, foldsofhonor.org and uh, become a, we call it join our squadron, but it's 13 bucks a month that uh, represents the 13 folds that bring it to that iconic triangle shape of freedom. And uh, there are lots of families out there that, uh, that need our help. We turn down literally thousands of qualified applicants every year. And uh, so please consider making a donation if, uh, if you're inspired and, and so moved. What's a story you can share with us about the impact for one of those scholarship recipients? You know, um, I would say the most surprising thing to me is almost to a recipient. Our scholarships are 5000 bucks a year. So we're sending tons of people to school and it's not an insignificant amount of money. But they say, hey, the, the, the money is great. I couldn't go to school without it. But the fact that you were honoring my family, because in this here today, um, you know, gone tomorrow world that we're in, um, people forget. And so we may, we never forget that, uh, that sacrifice. And, uh, you know, there, there are so many heroic stories out there. Um, you know, I, I go back to our very first college graduate. That was a big moment for us. Uh, young lady, Sarah White, and she graduated from, um, Auburn university and her dad, Dennis was an F-15, uh, pilot war Eagle, and uh, Sarah went on to, you know, have a great career in medical sales. And she came back to work for our mission a couple of years ago in, in Dallas for us. And to kind of get that like 360, um, just w- again, I, so when you know you're making a difference in somebody's life, it is you know, such a selfish feeling. People always say, oh, man, thank you for your service. Thank you. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm like, this is the, when, when you start giving of yourself to help other people, it is, it's transformational in our lives. And I know somebody listens saying, well, that's not practical. I got a job. I got bills. I get it. Um, but you can find time on a daily basis. If it's five or 10 minutes to give of yourself to help other people. And, uh, it is a, it's an awesome journey. What's the most important attribute a fighter pilot has to possess? Mm. You know, there's a lot of God-given stuff that you have no control over, right? I mean, we got really good hand-eye coordination. Um, the, the fighter pilot training program, I talk about that in, in my book, Fly, Fly Into the Wind, is two and a half years long. They spend $8 million per pilot training us, and uh, only 4.8% of the people make it through the program. So wow. by far, the most expensive, highest attrition rate of any military training program in the world um, and, you know, I, I, I think there, there are a couple lessons I learned during that, that I love to share. The first one is the power of prayer, because there was no way I was going to make it through this thing, Marty. I mean, I'm an average student <laughs> in Kansas who played golf and there's 45 of us in this class. And I do the, you know, the guy inventory looking around the room and I'm like, dude, I have smoked no chance. 
<laughs> and uh, the next day, my second day of pilot training, I set my alarm 30 minutes early and I got up um, to pray. And it was the first moment in my life that I'm like, God, I can't do this by myself. And uh, I've never stopped doing that 21 years later. You can do anything in your life with God, uh, but it takes discipline and you got to show up every day in prayer. And uh, he will move mountains for you if, uh, if you show up every day relentlessly as a prayer warrior. Um, so I, that was probably the best thing I got, you know, being a fighter pilot. And then the, the other lesson that, that I love that really changed me forever is, um, you know, you get finally get to the F-16, like 18 months into the program and you get four flights with an instructor and your fifth flight is solo. It's a $45 million fighter jet. It has more horsepower than the entire starting grid at the Dutena 500, you know, two and a half times the speed of sound, the same flies. And uh, I'm sitting in it just freaking out, right? I'm on myself, but I have to go or I'll wash out, right? I have to go get this sortie done. And so I take off and I land on Eagle's wings an hour later and I, I pull into the, to the chalks. And I remember I raise up this, you know, bubble glass canopy on the F-16 and it's July in, in uh, Phoenix. And it feels like this, this cold wind is hitting me though right? It's 120 out and it feels like a cold wind is hitting me and you realize just how intense and, you know, how stressful this moment was. And then this epiphany, I mean, this like washed over me and it was straight from God. And he said, go before you're ready. I'll always be with you. And if, if there is just change me forever and I, and it's like, you know, folds on, I have no idea what I'm doing. I go before I'm ready building the golf course, go before you're ready. God is always with us. Don't limit what is possible through your own lens. And if I would pick one characteristic of the most successful people, if there's one common thread of DNA that ties these people, they all have that in them. They just go, right? God puts it on their heart and they go. And um, so you know, those are probably my two biggest lessons. And I was going to say, it wasn't exactly the question you asked me, but if I was going to say, if there's one like defining gift besides the hand-eye coordination that, that you have as fighter pilots, it's our ability to take in copious amounts of information at high speed and prioritize. And, uh, yeah, I think we're, we'll talk about my book here in a second. Um, but fly into the wind. If there's like one great peace or, or spirit that is the foundation of this book. It's a, helping people prioritize this crazy life that they live in all the information you're bombarded with and get back to living in a way that is true to what matters most. I'm taking notes myself as you, as you speak, it, it seems to me like a few things in life, seem further apart on the adrenaline meter than blowing things up in Iraq and teaching the game of golf. Like, I, I don't, I don't know how those things intersect in your life in terms of maybe it's a focus thing. Maybe it's a passion thing. I don't know what it is, but am I wrong? Like there's not a whole lot that's further apart than no. yeah, one here's how you should, here, here's yeah. how you should, you know, you have to keep your elbow locked on your backswing and, blowing up something in a foreign country during a conflict. 
So they, let's talk about, yes, that, uh, 100% true. That it's the yin and the yang, right? The slow and the fast. Uh, but that's what makes life complete, right? That, that's the circle um, that you're not leaving anything out. For me, the common ground, though, is a single seat fighter pilot, you know, still flying fighter jets 21 years later um, and a golf pro is it's this paradox of life. It's you against you. And, and being, you know, by yourself and having to perform and, and not being able to say, Hey, will you help me do this? Can I pass you the ball? Um, it's you're up there all by yourself over the black skies of Iraq. You're all by yourself in a golf tournament and you're managing, you know, emotions, um, and nerves and still being able to perform. And I think that that is the addictive drug that ties both of those things together. Obviously, you know, hitting it out of bounds as a fighter pilot, that's, that's life or death. Um, and golf is uh, certainly more forgiving, but uh, it, it still feels like it sometimes when, when you're under pressure out there um, trying to make a putt or, or hit a shot when, uh, when it matters. There are countless historically accomplished professionals, including U.S. presidents, who laud your leadership philosophy. What is that philosophy and how was it honed? Oh, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a big, I think, lead by example. Um, and, you know, in this world we live in, you, you got to walk the walk um, to, to be a leader. And I, and I think we all need a, you know, a healthy hot cup of, Hey, we're all connected in more ways than we realize in the path to a better America, a better world starts with fixing yourself. Um, and I really think if there was, you know, a leadership style for, for me, it's, um, I'm going to hold myself to a higher degree of accountability than anybody on the team. I'm going to coach myself harder than anybody on the team. And, you know, my goal is having people manifest the, the greatest level of fulfillment um, they can. And if I can be an instrument in helping you do that, then, then I've been a, been a, uh, been a good leader. One of those people is Urban Meyer, uh, somebody that is a friend of yours and is a friend of mine. Uh, describe the Urban Meyer you know and what you've learned from him. Um, so it, the, the greatest lesson you'll learn from Urban Meyer is we're all capable of change. People get stuck, right? And be like, well, this is who I am. I'm never going to get out. I can't change. Urban demonstrated that at, at this just incredible inspirational level when he went from Florida where literally he, he won two national championships, but he almost killed himself in the process. Um, putting so much stress um, on himself, his, his family. And so he takes the job at Ohio state and he completely changes the way he coaches and leads men and went from, you know, smashing lockers and dropping F-bombs and um, to creating an, an environment of accountability and, and distilling it down and realizing that all he could control in life was the process, not the outcome. 
And that is such a powerful lesson for all of us, right? And it's like, you know, work your tail off, be prepared, but you got to let go and let God. And his evolution um, in those two places is just, you know, so inspiring to me on a daily level. Um, you know, super strong brother in Christ. Um, and so excited, you know, took the Jacksonville job. And again, I mean, he's going to reinvent himself um and uh so so good yeah i I agree i think he's gonna do awesome in jacksonville um i really do it's gonna be a very different type of job with not being able to pick your own roster and salary caps and all those things but um he is a world-class leader and i love i love listening to him discuss all of that um i'm get you out of here in just a minute but you noted your book a, a few moments ago I wanted to get your perspective on it. What will we learn? Fly into the wind is the book. What are we going to learn? So huge journey for me, born out of a place of great evolution and struggle, this book. The title, Fly Into the Wind, um, really says it, right? As I fly a, fly a fighter jet and we always take off into the wind because we need resistance to ascend. Our lives are no different. And your challenges, your seasons of struggle are inevitable. How we manage those will define us. I mean, that they really do. You know, and your yes, and your marriages are going to struggle. Your family is going to struggle. Your work is going to struggle. Um, relationships are going to struggle. Um, this book, at its core, is about engineering a, a code of living that, regardless of what is going on in your life that you are going to make an installment on being the best version of yourself on a daily basis. And, you know, I I just, the testimonials coming from everywhere on this book, uh, I I'm blown away. It is, it's changing people's lives. It's bringing, you know, so many grown men to to Christ and and reinventing themselves. Um, But the book is composed of 10 lines of effort or LOEs, basically 10 things that I do every day. And I don't care if you're struggling like I was or you're winning in, in life. Um, there are, as I said, the, the greatest books I've ever read give me one or two things that I take with me every day for the rest of my life. And I guarantee there's that in this book. Um, but for me, you know, I discovered that regardless of the outcomes of the day, um, winning, losing, you know, happy, sad, you should live life the same way every day. And there is this awesome fulfillment that comes with letting go of what you can't control and waking up every day and saying, this is how I am going to live my life. And uh, it's a beautiful roadmap for people to help engineer that in their own lives. Obviously, my solution's not going to be yours, Marty, 100%. But I'd say there's 80% of the stuff in this book that nobody can argue with. And just a couple examples um, in here. I, I talk about volition in this book, which is the power of choice, kind of foundation every day. The choices we make will write the legacy of our lives, big and small, I talk about parasitic drag in this book. It's a fighter pilot term, right? But it's the stuff that holds us back 
and keeps us from ascending um, and getting rid of these things in our life, be it relationships, be it, you know, alcohol or social media or eating or, you know, whatever it is, looking at our lives and saying, this is it. I am getting rid of this because I'll never get to where I want to get to with this in my life. Um, I talk about, you know, this, this concept of go before you're ready. Um, there's living, living faith forward. This is the one I'll end on. Um, it was uh, James and John in the Bible and uh, Jesus picked these two guys as disciples. And the beautiful thing, the disciples are guys like you and I, man, they're all perfectly broken dudes, mm-hmm. right? Um, inspiring for all of us. But he called these two the sons of thunder. And during my darkest times, my challenges, um, I was praying. I was like, God, I, I need you in my life. And I got a very clear answer. It was like, if you need me, then you take me everywhere. And translated, that is every interaction I have. I don't care if it's you and I here. I don't care if it's going through the Starbucks and saying hi to the barista. I take my faith with me. It's on my voicemail. Hey, I'm out living the day the Lord has made. Leave me a message. And again, like total unlock game changing thing in your life that if you want more blessings, if you want God with you, you can't leave him at service on Sunday or mass on Sunday and take him everywhere. And when someone asks me how I'm doing, I talk to your, you know, um, engineer, Travis, how you doing, Colonel Dan? I'm blessed, brother. I hope you are too. Um, I'll leave you with that. Um, that's probably the best advice I got anyway. Live faith forward. It will change everything. And it takes some courage, right? But you can do it in a way that, uh, that inspires people. Um, and if you want more God in your life, it is, again, the like, greatest blessing. I've made a prayer and I got a very direct answer and I'll never stop living faith forward. Well, I appreciate that perspective, sir. And again, thank you so much for your service to our country and for the example that you set every day, not only through your service, but through your uh, care for others and, uh, and your faith. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm inspired. I'm going to go get the book for sure. All of you guys lis- uh, listening should to fly into the wind. Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney. Thank you so much, sir, for your time. We appreciate you. Have an amazing day. God bless you and yours. Thank you, Marty. You too. And uh, yeah, you can get the book anywhere it's sold. Sam's, Walmart, Amazon, um, you name it. You can pick it up out there. And uh, my hope and prayer is that people will. And uh, it, it'll, it'll change your life in, in one small way or a big way. I promise you that. As I said right before we ran the interview, I took a lot of notes in the middle of our conversation, which was interrupted several times due to my internet issues. Thank you so much to Colonel Rooney for being patient with us and to Travis for carrying on the conversation while I was trying to figure out my technological failures. Um, I love this too. Uh, Again, part of the notes that I took during our conversation. One attribute that high achievers share is they just go. Don't hesitate. Don't be fearful. Be fearless. Just go before you're ready. You may not be ready yet. Through your own scope of fear. But go. Just go. 
I love that he said, if it's, if it's hard, you're on the right path. Yeah, that's right. I like that too. Hold yourself to a higher standard than anyone else does. I love this when I asked him what he learned from Urban. From Urban Meyer, we are all capable of change. Control the process, not the outcome. I've heard that so much recently from, we all know Nick Saban. Of course, that's how Urban has, has operated. And I heard it from Brian Kelly this year, too. Do not be a prisoner to the scoreboard. Focus on the process. Don't worry about the – don't play to the scoreboard. Play to the process. And the scoreboard will take care of itself. I love that. And then, of course, with his book, Flying to the Wind, fighter jets take off into the wind because they need resistance to ascend. Your life is no different. God, I love that. I mean, I love that, man. Um, what a tremendous conversation, and I'm grateful to have had his time. Thanks so much to Colonel Rooney for that time. Thanks to Glenn Greenspan, uh, whom I've known for a while now through his work with Tiger Woods. That's how I got hooked up with Colonel Rooney. So thank you so much to those guys for offering us their time. And uh, on that note, uh, of course, Colonel Rooney is a veteran of the United States military, a decorated fighter pilot. The, the list of accolades it seems limitless. Look him up, champion him. Uh, of course, if you feel led, donate to Folds of Honor. They're doing great things and offering family members of fallen military members college scholarships. You heard him say it's 5,000 bucks a pop. That is no small number. As someone who has offered two college scholarships now, I can tell you it's an amazing feeling. The fulfillment that we have gotten, myself and everyone involved in tomorrow's team, our charity, the fulfillment we've gotten from offering those college scholarships is better than, than anything. Um, and while I'm, while I'm discussing books before we get out of here, I got a note from someone this week. In fact, it was today. Travis and I both got the same note. And I won't name the person because I don't know if they're comfortable with that. But I will tell you that uh, a reader of Never Settle, my book, um, going through a really difficult time right now. And he felt led to write both to me and to Travis about the impact of Never Settle and the messaging therein and the impact of Marty Smith's America and, and what kind of what we are about. Kindness, effort, passion. If you are kind to people, genuinely care about them. You heard Lieutenant Colonel Rooney say it. The barista at Starbucks, that's the, that's the example I use every day. Ask them how their day is and genuinely care what comes back, and you might change that day. And if you change that day, then that person might change the person behind you in line, might change their day, and then you might let the person leaving the parking lot into traffic, and then because you changed that day, when that barista leaves work, Maybe they let somebody into traffic and then, wow, that smile changes that person's day 
and it goes on and on and on. You've created a chain of change. And that's a beautiful thing. And I don't care how hokey anybody who's cynical, and the Lord knows we got a lot of cynics right now. But I see it every day. So kindness and then effort. If you give every last ounce of everything you got to whatever the challenge is before you, it is immense. Kindness, effort, and then passion. If you do that job with an undeniable positive energy, you cannot be denied. And I know it. I don't care how hokey you may think that is. I know it works because I live it every day. I am not the best reporter in the world. In the middle of this podcast, my brother Tom Rinaldi called me, and he is killing it at Fox Sports right now. The open he did to the uh, NFC Divisional Round on Tom Brady and Drew Brees had me in tears, and I know millions of others too. But I'm never going to be outworked, and I'm never going to be outpassioned. That's a me thing. I control that. I control that every day. Kindness, effort, and passion. And if I'm not emitting that every day, that's a me thing. And I try to do that every day. And I am validated in that when Travis and I receive correspondence from people who need belonging in a given moment in their life. And they find it through this little tiny platform that we have right here. And we go and do and be in this life and we rarely stop to be where our feet are and consider impact. Travis and I don't do it for that. Well, maybe we do. Maybe that's what we do it for, but it's not something that you consider every day until that one person writes that note to us or until I walk out to the mailbox and there's a letter waiting there for me from someone who found my address that states, your book saved my life. That's unbelievable to me. Because when you put energy out into the world that is vulnerable, genuine energy, you don't know what you're going to get back. And that's a terrifying thing because you have to be okay with whatever comes back because what you put out there is real. And I am so grateful for what we're getting back. And on that note, I'm going to leave you guys. Travis is a very busy man. He has to go do a podcast for the excellent, incomparable Scott Van Pelt right now. I love you all. Thank you to our law enforcement officials, our first responders and firemen, and the United States military. I am grateful. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time around. This is Marty Smith's America.